888-900-0936. Or you can get questions to me through the portal. My guest tonight, she uh, she has been, uh, well, she has been uh, taking on some, uh, uh, an educational ride here. Marilyn Hughes and her website, www.outofbodytravel.com. Dot org and uh, you know so that's a good place to start and you can get there from our website if you need to uh, go to the guest page uh, upcoming guest I believe yes yeah, the upcoming guest page and uh, if you click on the Halloween picture on the front on the home page it'll take you over to that page I was just discussing and there you'll see the links you can get to our website. Or you could just type it in. However you want to do it. So, uh, yeah, Grave Digger. You know, I think about it. Every time I, I, I run that song, I think about it. Grave Digger. <sighs> no, none of it sounds appealing, uh, Marilyn. Uh, none of it at all sounds appealing. You know, being buried, being burnt, any of that stuff. <laughs> these, I mean, how cruel is it that we know what's, you know, that, you know, we're limited. You know, I don't know. Wouldn't it kind of be, I don't know if it would be better, though, to walk around and not know you're going to die. But, I mean, we're all going to go. Every one of us are going to are gonna get there. And, you know, and for some, it's worse than others. And uh, that's it's not the dying that I really worry about as much. It's the, you know, how it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think most of us, that's what we're most worried about. Um, yeah. Is, is how that's going to happen. And I guess since none of us actually knows maybe it's better to let that one go and is that a gold worry about it is that a golden rule you think on the other side i'm mean, we're just not supposed to know i mean it's like because you know i know i had an experience where my mother had come back to me once uh, after she died but she didn't give me no secrets and you know my mother would have told me so there must be some kind of loophole or they just are not i don't know they're not allowed or do they not i don't know i don't know what it is it's like you just can't sit down and interview one of yeah, these there's spirits a, there is a there is a, a a veil you know between these things and i remember too there were some souls from purgatory who had come to me and said that there's a veil that is dropped between the living and the dead and that it's necessary and this is one of the things that's necessary is that um, we're not to know certain things, uh, you know, because ironically, uh, if if we know too much, we would certainly change. Uh, it would change the way that we live our lives. Yeah. But also, um, there's a veil between the living and the dead in the sense that, um, you know, the dead also go through periods where they need to have more of separation between their world and ours, because they go through their periods of, of, you know, instruction and spiritual progress as well. So that's why you'll see uh, some periods where uh, people will have contact with, with the people they love from beyond, and then other periods where they just, um, you know, it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, or a particular loved one will be allowed to return during a particularly difficult time 
but then it's a limited, kind of limited time only engagement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. And so, so I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have all the answers, but if you. No, when, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> when, when somebody passes away, I had a guest on, uh, Becky Hawkins, her name is, and uh, she had come on, and she, it was really fascinating what she was telling me because she, she would volunteer at hospice. And she mm-hmm. would interview people who are on their deathbed. She would she would ask them questions in which and she made a good point. She says, you know, we really miss a lot of great opportunities because we're afraid. We know somebody's dying. They know they're dying, but yet we're afraid to talk to them like, you know, like they're dying. We don't, oh, don't, right. don't don't mention it in front of them. It's like I think they already know what's happening. And and she by doing that, she had found that many of them had. Uh, uh, you know, uh, relatives who would come and meet them, loved ones, and then right. there was others who saw angels. So I guess it varied, and I wonder why it varied, but it did. Maybe it's whatever they were more comfortable with. I don't know, but it was pretty. It interesting. does seem pretty common that within, especially within like the last week, um, I think studies have shown that a lot of people do have some type of visitation, either with loved ones or, or an angel or st- stuff along those lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty neat, you know, um, to hear, you know, for the rest of us. <laughs> well, it is. And that's why she says, you know, it's a shame that more people don't do that. I mean, when my mom was on her last, you know, weeks, a couple of weeks, I, you know, I was one of those who tried, you know, oh, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to get out of this. And deep down, I knew she wasn't, but I, you know, almost like we, we didn't want her to give up. So, um, so, you know, but she did, she did, however, when she was in the hospital bed, uh, my father was on one side and, uh, I've told this story a million times, but my dad was on one side and I was on the other. It was just us in the room with her. And she's, you know, normal, not all drugged up. And she's telling my dad, hey, make sure you take your medication, blah, blah, blah. Mike, make sure your father does what he's supposed to do. And and then all of a sudden she just stopped and she looked up where the wall and the ceiling met. And she said, the angels are here. And we looked at each other like, what? She says, the angels are here. You don't see the angels? They're right there. She says, well, anyways, just make sure your dad takes his medicine. You know, and I'm like. Wow, you know, um, didn't know what to say. We were kind of speechless. We went out in the hallway and said, did you hear that? <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it made us feel a little better. I mean, she's seeing angels. It's better than seeing demons, right? Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. an amazing gift to the family when that happens, I think. Uh, well, uh, it, it is, yeah. It, it absolutely mm-hmm. is, and I think... You know, I had to comfort her. And I think when you get, you know, I've had some tell me, and I believe this, you get to a certain point where you're really bad. You know, sometimes we're sitting there and we're weeping over the body, but it's like they've already checked out. Yeah. It's the machinery keeping the body going and the spirit's already left. Yeah, but at the same time, a lot of times when when people are weeping over the body, the spirit is still kind of around. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, we know from near death experiences that that's true, that, you know, that that happens. And, um, I know from my own experiences as well, that there's a lot of that going on, a lot of the, um, a lot of, you know, things that are being observed and watched and, 
uh, you know, watched over um, when people are, especially when people are in the process of crossing over, but it's going on um, on a daily basis. It's part of, you know, there is this coming and going that's always occurring, you know, in this world. There's souls coming and there's souls going, you know souls who are being birthed, souls who are being birthed into the next life. And that's part of the uh, the endless cycle, the sacred hoop of existence that is continually happening. And uh and when you're when you're in the out of body travel state, you can see that. It's very beautiful to see it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's all I know, I mean the 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 one really powerful experience i had where my mom came back it was uh, you know i it was one of those i, I woke up out of body experience kind of thing and there she was and a uh, long story short she put out her hand and when i grabbed her hand we just went off and she took me back to the house i grew up in and we were levitating up above on the ceiling looking down at my father and my sister and it's like she didn't have to tell me anything but yet she was telling me what she wanted me to tell them. And it was, you know, it was just crazy. It was like no words were spoken. It was all, I don't know. It was I, all transferred. The knowledge was transferred vibrationally, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's all, it's all vibration. It's all frequency, right? Right, frequency and vibration. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome yeah so i've had some Beautiful. experiences of my own and i and i you know i'm just, i'm a believer in in just a you know a lot that we don't know <laughs> i i tell people you know this is what happened i don't know i can't explain i can't tell you how or or what it was or where we were or any of that stuff i can only tell you what i seen and what i felt and you know i who knows uh did just a door open? I go to uh, you know another dimension, or I mean, what was it? I don't know. I mean, you know, some people say, "Oh, that's the aliens messing with you and their demons," and okay, well, it might be. I don't know. It didn't feel like that though. And and she she told me to tell my father there is a god. I don't know. Do demons do that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think you know what it was. Yeah, I think it was beautiful, a beautiful thing, and. Um, you know, I do think she took you through a door, and she took you through a door of knowledge, you know, and ironically, a door of knowledge is a door of vibration, you know, and um, and then she handed, she was giving you knowledge and transferring that knowledge to you telepathically, psychically, vibrationally, that you then handed to your father and your sister um, through words, you know, yeah. and um, and it was a great gift. You know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And, and when these things happen, that's what it is. It's a gift to us from the beyond. And think about the beauty of this and what it shows us about the connection between us all as families and then even beyond this as human beings. Because what we find, one of the things that occurs in the near-death experience and in the out-of-body experience as well, is we connect not only to unconditional love, but also to the oneness of all life. And so when I talk about um, thinking about what this means about the connection between all of us, think about the oneness of all life and how connected we all are in, in reality. And this is something that's revealed to us in these out-of-body experiences 
more and more and more with each experience that we have. In fact, you know, the first the first uh, series of ex- experiences that I had um, were primarily geared towards teaching me about the oneness of all existence and all life and really understanding how it's not just how connected we are with our family, our relations, our friends, but really how all life is connected. But think of that family as the microcosm of all life. But the beauty of your experience really is the beauty of all life. It really is... um, it's an illustration of the model of all life to me. When I hear it, I think of that as, you know, your mother stands as, as you know, the mother of the family and this mother of the human family. Your family represents all families. It represents the human family as well, you know, yeah. because we are all part of that. You know, it's every family is... Is a, is a microcosm of this greater whole that we are all part of. And so this beautiful experience that she gave you and shared with you is something that um, is a beautiful extension that we can all really benefit from and learn from because it does apply to every one of us. And, and it, you know, and it helped me through... Uh, you know some tough times too i mean you know uh when when you're when you have an experience like that and then you come close to dying um you're not you know i always imagined i always said oh man i you know some of these people are on their deathbeds i'd be like you know going out of my mind but no you actually you're not you're you accept it it's like in, in you know you're preparing yourself for the next stage whatever that is and um, I often, I, I, I compare it to bowling. I, I really do. I say, you know, when you go bowling, you go in, you rent the shoes, you play your game. When the game's over, you give the shoes back and you leave. And I think it's, it's kind of like that here. You know, we come, we, we, we rent the body. Body don't belong to us. I think it belongs to the earth, right? So we have to give it back, and uh, and then we leave. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, and it's uh, who knows. I I wonder sometimes if we're not in a big simulation of some sort. Sometimes. You never know. It, it <laughs> you know? feels like it. Feels like it. <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about demonology. Like, well, what would you like to know? <laughs> well, first off, kind of explain a little bit what that is. Well, demonology, you know, there's a field of study of angelology, which goes into, you know, the hierarchies of the angels. And so it kind of goes into, you know, how we have the archangels, and then we have the the seraphim, and we have the different orders of the angels. There's yeah. a similar hierarchy of the demons in uh, demonology and so in demonology you have a similar study i have a book called demonology and as well as another book called angelology so in demonology you have hierarchies as well unfortunately (laughs) yeah and so you know in demonology you have um you have the four princes of heaven you have sub princes of i'm sorry not of heaven, of hell, and you have sub-princes, and there are eight sub-princes, 
And then you have what are called princes and dignitaries of hell. And then it goes into all the different ministries of hell, the ambassadors of hell, the justice of hell, and the houses of the princes. And so in demonology, these are kind of like the different ministries of hell. So like, if you compare it to angelology, you have, for instance, in the... Let's take something that is simple enough. In angelology, you have um, the order of the virtues, for instance. In uh, in the angelic hierarchies, there is an order of angels for each of the of the heavenly virtues, and there's actually a celestial being that actually represents each of those heavenly virtues in the order of the of the infernal regions, (laughs) 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 you have, you know, all these uh, beings who, uh, you know, do all sorts of lovely, you know, deeds uh, of darkness. So I'll just go through some of these uh, lovely uh, creatures and give you an idea here. Like, so let's just talk about some of the... Uh, princes and dignitaries. So you have like Beelzebub, who's, you know, the supreme head of the infernal empire. Um, then you have Uranome, who's the prince of death. Um, there's Moloch, who's the prince of the land of the tears. Uh, Pluto is the prince of fire, burning countries, governor general, grand cross of the order. Then you have Pan, who is the prince of the incubi, and Lilith, who is the succubus princess. And these two, the incubi and the succubi, if you don't know what those are, are the sexual demons that people talk about who are the demonic entities who will attack souls in the night and do uh, sexual deeds upon them. So these are the sexual demons uh, that you hear about who... Will actually rape men or women uh, in their sleep. Ironically, in the exorcism of Emily Rose, it was one of these types of infernal demons that was originally responsible for the uh, beginning of the possession of Emily Rose. So that was one of those, one of these uh, incubi. Uh, then you have. Leonard, the Grand Master of the Sabbath. So this is one of these uh, demons who goes after, you know, sacrilege, things like that. Then yeah. um, some of the, uh, let's take a look here, uh, ambassadors. Okay, so there's also ambassadors that actually are uh, demons that are actually appointed to different countries. Um, and this is also the case with angels. Different angels will guardian over different countries in the world, different regions, and we see that in the demonic realms as well. And then you have um, you have uh, different, under justice, you just have, you know, basically the anti-justice demons, and they're lovely. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. 
<laughs> and uh, then, so it just continues on, you know, uh, and the, the orders of the demons continue on with, you know, basically the spirits of lies, the continual vessels of wrath, <laughs> the yeah. avengers of crimes, um, the seducers, the powers of the air, the exterminators who sow hatred, discord, and war, the slanderous, and the demons of greed. But there's a lot of detail that goes into how they work. Um, you know, like the hounds of hell, you know. Uh, the hounds of hell uh, were, were known um, to be heard in, in the ancient world every time you would hear the howling of dogs it was often thought that there would, it would, you would hear these howlings at the beginning of a funeral. Um, but these were, uh, it was a horrible, like a fatal presage of some sort of evil, a direful omen that was going to come upon the land. Oftentimes, it would would be something that would harm the people on a greater uh, in a greater way. Like it might be something that might harm their ruler. So something that would be not just like a personal matter, but something that would affect the people. Yeah. You know. And um, but there are so many. You know, there's this really interesting mystic. Um, by the name of Reverend John McGowan, he was a, um, gosh, probably probably 1800s, I'd say, and he had a very interesting gift as a mystic, and he would have out-of-body experiences, and he would be taken into the gates of hell, where he would be allowed to listen to the conversations of demons, and he wrote this ancient sacred text where he describes the conversations of the demons, and what's so fascinating about it is it shows us the uh, the schemes of the demons <laughs> against humanity. <laughs> so I think we see them every day. <laughs> you look at this plan. I mean, really, I th- I think that right now I think we're going through a battle of uh, you know good and evil, and and it's just, I mean really it's like it's all come out of the woodwork. Where I mean th- the planet's just going. You know, I don't know, hell in a handbasket. Yes. Yeah, really, true. Yeah. yeah, it has. Yeah. It is, and it is right out in the open now. It is. Uh, very much so, yes. You know, they're, they've been talking about having, the, they have the uh, shroud, and uh, that they, you know, I've heard that the scientists have got uh, DNA from Jesus, or at least from his bloodline, and they're talking about, you know, there's been talk in the, you know, in the conspiracy world about them cloning Jesus, and I think, I always kind of think that if they do something like that, that could be where an Antichrist-type figure could come from. Um, boy, that would open up the gates of hell. Wow, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if they cloned him, I mean... If they, if it was really his blood, I, I don't know. Who knows with these people? I mean, they're bringing back the uh, the woolly mammoth. I mean, why not? You know, there's probably an island somewhere with dinosaurs that we don't even know about. And they've probably been tampering with all. That's probably where Bigfoot comes from. 
you know, <laughs> some kind Maybe. of experiment. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so you say there's a, there's a number of hells then. I mean, there's there's not just one. There's all kinds. I mean, so are there levels? Oh yes. I mean, if you think about all the, basically think about every possible uh, sin or evil you can imagine. There's going to be a different realm for every one of those, just as, you know, and just as you think about how there could be a, a million different heavens um, and a different million different levels of heaven, mm-hmm. which there are, um, there's also many, many, many different levels uh, below us. Um, and it's, and they're all uh, based on compatibilities and different types of vices. Well, just like there's different solar systems and di- so many different galaxies, and would all those have their own heaven and hells, maybe? That kind of thing, or am uh, well, I off? You know what's funny about that? Um, I'll tell you that I had a really fascinating experience years ago where um, I was taken to heaven, and um, it was beautiful up in the galactic heavens, Um and um, what was surprising about it was that there were extraterrestrials there. Oh. And so I would just have to say that, you know, there are extraterrestrials in heaven, so I'm not so sure that, um, you know, we don't share a little bit of all of that. Oh, yeah, I believe this, <laughs> this, this, this creator created all that is, and that includes the extraterrestrials. I know some people don't like to hear that, but right. that's that's at least that's where my stand is, I believe so. I mean... We're all, you know, we're all kind of made of the same stuff, it seems, right. you know. So, I don't know. I, you know, people, some people think they're demons, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't approve of them going and creeping in people's rooms and stealing them in the middle of the night. I really don't. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I've never had an alien, you know, screw me over, I guess. <laughs> I've had plenty of humans do it. So, uh I don't know. Well, the thing the thing is that um, uh, I agree with what you just said, that um, God created, um, I mean, think about how many species we have on Earth. So why would we, we be so surprised yeah. that there would be other species of, you know, intelligent life that God could create elsewhere? But also, is it really that surprising that if there are other levels of intelligent life in other worlds, that there would be other worlds where there would be intelligent life that was either uh, more spiritually evolved than us, which I've encountered, but also um, types of life that is similarly spiritually evolved to us, which is actually where the grays are at. I mean, you know, they treat us very similarly to the way that we might treat um, laboratory animals. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they are a mortal world, too. They are a realm where, I mean, they're coming from a very similar place. They're, they're kind of looking out for number one. They're looking out for uh, whatever it is that they're trying to figure out for their species. And they have no um, emotions, it seems. It seems like they're, you know, they just, I don't know, you don't, I, I've never heard of a smiling gray, but, you know, maybe. Well, I, I've heard... Uh, different things, but I don't know that we know for sure what that means. And in terms of the smiling, I know that they have a different type of uh, mouth. So, you know, what that means for a gray versus a human could be very different. Yeah. But the, um, 
you know, the uh, the thing is is that their spiritual development is similar to ours, except that they have uh, definitely superior technological development. And so I think that we're, we're acting as if we're surprised that a, a technologically advanced you know, civilization would do the same thing that we would do. <laughs> you know? Well, right. You know, and I, I, that's what I say. You know, we go out on the ocean and we go and grab a dolphin or something out of the water and tag it and, you know, do all these things. And this dolphin goes back to its pod and says, you're not going to believe it. But I was up top and there's this, there's a whole <laughs> other world. And, you know, these this, this this thing was floating up there and they grabbed me and they, they put a chip in me. Ah, come on, you're crazy, right? And so... Right. Uh, but then, you know, and we here we are surprised, right? You're right. I mean, we're in, I've said this before myself. I mean, why are we surprised? I mean, if the, if, if the extraterrestrials are anything like us, I mean, and they're that much more advanced, I mean, think about it. If we, if we did capture a Sasquatch or some kind of creature like that, I mean, first thing they would do is experiment on it. And if they had found these aliens in Roswell and things like that, believe that they've experimented on them. Um, so, I mean, right. of course you would. You want to know it what they're made us, of. It gives us the opportunity, sorry, the opportunity to do some <clears throat> self-reflection as to our own proclivities. Yeah. You know, now, like when you look at some of these more spiritually advanced civilizations, they would not do that and that's because they are more spiritually advanced than we are and they are in a space these are very very different beings and um so i don't know how to really put that um in a way that can really these beings are so beyond us in their spiritual evolution you know the pleiadians are they're they're a society that lives in unconditional love so they live in that. But some of these other places that I've experienced, these other um, extraterrestrial civilizations, are even very, very, I mean, so far beyond even the Pleiadians that I cannot even quantify it in words. And so, you know, we're talking about this one um, species, the greys, and yet we have these other civilizations which show us what is actually possible for humanity which is so much more but we have to actually look at our own proclivities and our own ability to be cruel you know because part of the reason that so many of the extraterrestrials have been around our planet is because of all this nuclear stuff and our own you know our own, you know, ability to self-destroy and all these things that they're trying to protect us from and trying to keep us from doing. Oh, yeah, they, they've seen the mushroom clouds and they, and they they felt the vibration from it, maybe, and they says, damn it, these kids got a hold of the matches, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and part of the thing is that the nuclear power changes things because um, it it changes things for uh, the galactic world. So, you know, um, you know, if we want to fight with contemporary warfare, it's one thing. If we start going nuclear, it does affect other worlds. And yeah. so that's different. But it's also very uh, concerning because these other worlds, there is a galactic council, and I've been to it, 
you know, they do oversee the evolution of planets of lower evolution, and yes, we are one of those, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. We have to remember, you know, here we are. We're, we are not the highest, but we're not the lowest, but we are definitely not the highest. And so, you know, we are we are being watched over and they're trying to protect us from doing what apparently has happened more than once in the history of earth of self-destructing back to the stone age you know which has happened and more than once and we don't want to do that again not to mention that there are other consequences if we do certain things to other worlds which they can't allow but there's also this this very important and altruistic desire on their part of this uh they they are concerned about the spiritual development of this planet that we take this leap forward to become a higher species yeah. You know. Well, I hope they're not holding their breath <laughs> because <laughs> I don't see it happening anytime soon. But then again, maybe a thousand years is a blink of an eye for them. I don't know. But um, well, they had pulled in. They had pulled in for you know. Uh, they had pulled in for uh, a time, and then they had to pull out about ten years back because we had kind of messed up so much. And so, you know, we really have uh, pulled back so much on our potential that, you know, yeah. Yeah, like well, they, they yeah, I mean. holding their breath. I mean, they stopped holding their breath, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 we, we are so good at, you know, that's why sometimes I think that it's a simulation because it reminds me of a video game. At some point, you're going to get to the end of that game, and then you're going to have to start over. It's like, you know, and it seems like that's always happening. And it must be, you know, uh, it must be we don't learn, or I don't know what happens, where the knowledge goes, or where it's hidden. But people just, you know, I, I guess the history is erased, and we repeat it. I don't know. Well, one thing that definitely happens, and this goes back to, the original question of why are we here, purification. We come on and we incarnate here, and so many of us will spend entire lifetimes without ever even embarking on that journey of purification, of really even touching into the reason for our being here. Why did we come here? You know, we will yeah. do this this whole lifetime and not even um, go into, even in the slightest, the actual purpose of, of what we came here to do. And, you know, it's, it's actually very unpopular. And, you know, so many of us are, it, we're very uncomfortable with the idea of what purification would entail, which would, which would really require us to do a lot more self-evaluation. But yeah. if we really understand that this is actually why we came. And, you know, so we're kind of wasting our time if we don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just going to have to come back and do it some more. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, we get so tied up in all the things that are pushed on us. And I, I get it. We have to work. We have to make a living, right? But 
Right. Uh, you know, it, it's people are at their jobs. Got to make that money. Got to make that money, and, and and they work and they work and they work and they, you know, and they never enjoy it. They ended up they end up dying. And I don't know of anyone that gets on their deathbed and said, "Damn, I wish I put in a few more hours at my job so I made just a little bit more money." Um, right. I don't know. At some point, you got to balance all that, and and a lot of people aren't good at doing that. And it's and we're here for purposes. And I know our purpose isn't to, you know, uh, run a register or or to load mulch in a truck. You know, I I think it's it's bigger than that. Um, but part of that purpose does include those things. Yeah. You know, we can we can minimize that. Yeah. But when when those du- those daily duties are actually part of that the way that we find our way, you know? Well, right. There's nothing wrong with some good hard work, but um, you know, it, it I think some at some point it gets like I know people who they got three different jobs and that's and you almost have to nowadays, but uh three different jobs and that's all they do is work. And I think Right. I couldn't live like that. I mean, one job's enough for me, and if that don't cut it, I don't know. I guess I'd pitch a tent somewhere because I just, you know, what's the point of living if all you're going to do is, you know, work? Right. You know, it's right. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think my, I think I'm at my. I, I enjoy my life. I mean, yeah, it's a challenge. Whose isn't? But and that's why it sucks that at some point it'll have to end, and then I got to come back. And I just hope that when I come back, I, you know, it's like all that stuff and all that knowledge I gathered, there it goes. Out the one you can't bring it with you. You gotta, you gotta. It's not allowed on the plane. <laughs> so I don't know. So uh, but what happens yeah. in out of body travel though is that you know you have these experiences. You start out where you come out of the body. And, you know, and then you start learning how to use your spiritual body. Then you start moving through the doors, the walls, the windows. You start moving around the astral, you know, the astral uh, plane, and and you're able to kind of move around, and then you start learning how to communicate telepathically with the spirits who are there. Yeah. And then you start seeing the portals, and you start moving through the different portals. And then what happens is you start meeting your spiritual guardians, your spiritual teachers, you start going forward and backward through time, and all of a sudden you're going into your past lifetimes, um, and all the, then you're finally you're starting to find out if you're keeping a journal of the experiences, you, you start seeing that there's a pattern to these lifetimes um, that you might be able to recognize in your present life, you know. And and then these these guardians and teachers give you clues along the way and you learn that they give you the energetic truth about things so that that things you might have had a particular view about or so, something that you understood one way might really be another and and all of a sudden you you're shown and you understand it very quickly and it's it really accelerates your path because you're not spending years and years and years just thinking things are one way um when they're really another you're being given the opportunity to reevaluate it 
because it's being given to you energetically and you can shift it and you can alter your path because of it. And then as you do this, you are literally entering into that purification. And so the things that you might be doing in your relationships or in your in your job, in your professional life or in your family or whatever that may have you may have done over and over and over again in previous lifetimes that has been an obstacle or a hindrance to you um you then get to remember how you've done it in the past and what didn't work and that shows you okay well those things didn't work so now i need to see what i haven't tried and figure out what might work and you know instead of doing the same things try something else <laughs> yeah know? yeah well right i mean you know it's uh uh, doing the same thing and uh, you know <laughs> never working i think they they got a name for that um but <laughs> yeah you should always right. yeah so but uh so listen i want to take one more break here and then i want to come back and you and i'll finish up uh, i'll definitely give you time uh to give out websites and books and all that good stuff too uh, so hang on with me uh, one more time and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes folks you are listening to The Last Frequency. I am Mike Vera, not Mike Myers, Mike Vera. Mike Myers is out there. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Will you ever run for political office again? No. Lying dog-faced pony soldier. Who, who, who takes what when? Cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure there's a medical school or where the hell I spoke from. It's not a I keep forgetting I'm president. China, Radio, Columbia. Excellent, excellent. Number one means you're always on top. Your number one radio. You're listening to the VARA Network. Hey, frequencies of all walks of life. Keep up with all things TLF Radio by joining our mailing list. Go to the bottom of the homepage and fill in the form. You'll get everything from guest info and show info and other important station-related information. So sign up now. Folks, when we look back at history, it's not hard to see the tragedies that come when the government meddles in a nation's food supply, when elections are rigged and more is done to control the people. And what better way to control the people than through our food supply. With recent federal efforts to manipulate farming practices in America, all in the name of going green, you had better be ready and be independent. Be smart. Get your family preparedness. They could eat. Get them My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply has a wide variety of different foods that taste great and last for up to 25 years in storage. 25 years! So get your family prepared 
and click on the My Patriot Supply banner on our website at lastfrequency.com and have peace of mind that your family will survive whatever comes. My Patriot Supply. Crazy ass bumper stickers and more. What? You heard me. Crazy ass bumper stickers and more. What? Crazy ass bumper stickers and more. What? (sighs) For all your bumper sticker needs, just click on the crazy ass bumper stickers banner located at the foot of my website, www.lastfrequency.com. That's crazy ass bumper stickers and more. You're making me crazy. I want to talk to you about something very important for a moment here, folks. That is clean drinking water. Now you can survive without it for about three days. How do you know yours is even pure? You don't. But I'll tell you what is. This is the ultimate water filtration solution. It's called Alexa Pure Pro. It is a groundbreaking, gravity-fed water filtration system that outperforms all the others for less. Alexa Pure products are the only brand of water filters that I carry on my website because I know you expect the very best. No more trusting city tap water. Use an Alexa Pure Pro to supply purified, safe drinking water for your family. I do it for mine. I personally stand behind the Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system because I use it. through the night like a locomotive on fire. Welcome to the night from the midlands of South Carolina, across the East Coast, and the world by internet. You're listening to The Last Frequency with your host, Mike Vera. To call in to tonight's show, just dial 803-997-0936. To get questions directly to Mike Vera, You can reach MV through the portal located on our website in the drop-down menu at lastfrequency.com. Now, here is Mike Vera. Stay alive or something like that. So I'd appreciate it. Uh, That being said, I want to get back to my guest here. Um, Marilyn, uh, please uh, tell people where they can get their hands on your book and and uh, now you've you've got quite a few of them do you not yes 105 Ooh, uh, you've been time. busy yes and we also have quite a few films now you know a lot has happened since i was last on your show we have about eight films and you can first of all download all of our books are downloadable for free you can watch all our films for free mm-hmm. and so go to outofbodytravel.org and uh, you can get all the links there to go to our YouTube channel and watch all of our stuff and also download our books there. Um, so 
that would be great. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, uh, so uh, let me ask you this: What uh, I guess when you get to that to that point to the end of the rope, I guess I'll say, then you are totally convinced, without reasonable doubt, that it don't end there. Oh no! Yeah, no question, All no right. question. Um, yeah, for me, it's a no question. I've seen it. I've seen so much that I. For me, it's no question. So absolutely, not, nothing to be afraid of, but fear itself. Is that it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've had, I've had, uh, I've seen so much beauty. You know, we've talked a lot about the lower spheres here tonight because it is Halloween. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I, you know, I've also had so many beautiful experiences of the heavenly spheres as well and of the beautiful angelic hierarchies. And uh, there's so much that is beautiful in the out of body experiences that um, are all, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, beyond words but you know my books are filled with these these experiences and the descriptions of them and um so you know you can read about that at yeah. outofbodytravel.org and learn about it as well you know in the films we go into you know this purification path we have a film called the grand phases of the soul which explains this whole thing in a lot of detail and we also have a film called how to have an out-of-body experience which explains that in a lot of detail and then a couple of films, one on the initiations into the mysteries and another on the rites of passage that are going to take you into, you know, this, these mysterious, uh, you know, passages that occur yeah. in the out-of-body experiences. So, I mean, a, lo- a whole bunch of really interesting stuff that you can explore, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about uh, how to, I mean, are you able to just at, at, at given go out of body i mean if are you able to just control that i guess is what i'm trying to say um i would say you know i i i do it very regularly and um i guess you could say sort of i can i mean (laughs) i still feel very strongly that you know god is in control uh one of the things i learned early on is that um it is always best to put god in control of it because you're going to experience so much more if you surrender to that uh, call of the spirit because when we try to control it we always put our own limitations on the experience and by doing that we really limit it (laughs) Uh, because there because the things that we will be shown and and see (laughs) if we don't do that are always so far beyond they're going to be things that we would not think up so (laughs) i learned early on not to do that, you know, to allow God to direct. And so even now, you know, I do know how to be in a position and do the things that bring about the experiences. I have them regularly almost every day. Um, But I still feel that it is always something that is brought about by God, by by the Holy Spirit. I don't feel that it is something that is fully, you know, that we fully control, um, and that ideally it is done this way, because it is um, a cooperative experience with, you know, universal being, you know, Um, it's, it's really in this flow of this universal energy, and 
even when you look at it from the standpoint, because a lot of the process is meditative, you know, going into these deep meditative states that bring your consciousness to a level where you are able to um, go into the vibrational state. Yeah. And um, you want to be into this space where you can flow into that universal vibration, which is, you know, flowing with universal consciousness. And so there is this cooperativeness about it. Uh-huh. Okay. And so, uh, but there is a way, I guess, uh, you know, because uh, I, I mean, people have told me that they're able to, you know, meditate and do it at pretty much at will. And me, none of mine were intentional. Mine just, they happened. And, um, you know, and I had no control over it. And, uh, but, you know, I'm glad I had these experiences because, it's it's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, well, it's opened right. my third eye, I should say, to a lot of things. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know the, these two eyeballs that they've given us to uh, to see out of. Uh, you know, we can only see so much. They're they're definitely made for this planet and this planet only. Um, there's so much more yeah, to see sure. out there uh, on a different light spectrum. It's un, it's incredible. So anything else that you want to get out there before we're done tonight, um, anything at all, uh, by all means, take your time and go right ahead. And let me thank you so much for being here tonight. I, I appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been really fun and educational. And, and man, we got to do this again sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's been great to be on, and I thank you for letting me be here. I, I was going to share with you, I don't know how much time we have left, so that's determinative. Still got another I, 20 minutes, 25 minutes if needed. So, Okay, great. I was going to share on the, on the subject, since we are on Halloween night, I was going to share a little journey into one of the hell realms to oh, uh, okay. just give people more of a, a little bit of a, <laughs> <laughs> a visual of what we've been talking about to give them you know more of a v- eye view of what we what we've been uh, actually discussing okay. if you'd like to do that i would love to do that i think <laughs> okay yeah this is not bad this is but this is actually helpful i think for people to understand it better as to what's actually happening in these experiences okay. so this is a a little journey i took to a hell realm called muddy flats and this particular hell realm is a place of vanity and greed and so i will just start reading this is from heaven hell and purgatory another book that i've written and it says deep below the earth's surface the ominous nature of where we were going suddenly hit me the knowledge of it entered my conscious awareness as i began remembering the knowledge of the many hells many layers of the earth reside all the way down to the molten core each of them containing various hell realms. Closest to the surface are the second-dimensional hells and further below below the first-dimensional hells. We were going to one of the second-dimensional hells, a place of vanity and greed, lovingly referred to as Muddy Flats. (laughs) (laughs) Carved out of an old stone, a pointer lay in the ground which a soul could point to the left or the right. Remaining unrepentant after death, these souls believed that the fountain of youth lay in one of these directions. 
choosing the correct direction would have offered them immediate reincarnation, but they followed the direction which they believed would take them to the fountain. In fact, the choice they made was to continue towards muddy flats. Ominously ugly to see from a distance, Muddy Flats was an enclosed rock and mud cavern which held those who had entered in total and complete darkness. Those traveling through death's door this eve could still turn back if they chose, but as they remained in delusion, they continued walking towards Muddy Flats. Our host was an attractive man wearing a tuxedo who smiled with a welcoming posture as he asked each one of them to dance. Coming to me first, I immediately walked away as I had noticed that his hands had vague reptilian features, as he was a demon in disguise. I tried to warn the women who had not yet entered, but they were vain, and his advances and attention were much too easy a temptation. As the first woman began to dance, she began screaming in utter horror as the man's hand became tentacled and reptilian. In moments, his demonic nature was revealed as his face evolved into its true demonic image. But it was too late. As they had danced, her skin began to age by hundreds of years and became reptilian. Her hair was now totally gray. Drawing in in white, her face began to look like that of a corpse and spider webs covered her body as if she had been decomposing in a grave for over a hundred years. As her screams stopped and she became quiet, the host walked her quietly into the muddy flats with calm acceptance. Turning back into a handsome man, the host returned to tempt each one of them individually as they were not given to see what happened to each of the women before them. When he was finished, he quietly re-entered Muddy Flats, leaving behind only two who had not given in to his temptation. Looking in horror as the others became mud dwellers, anger filled them as they looked to me for answers and resolve. Calmly, I explained that they could attempt immediate reincarnation since they had been able to avoid the temptation of Muddy Flats, but they were angry that the others could not also go back. Manifesting a table, I offered them water from the cup of life, which I held within my soul. Because this place was very hot, we were all parched with thirst. Noticing our thirst, the host of Muddy Flats returned with a pitcher of water to offer them. Almost accepting it, I pushed the little demon away. You mustn't accept anything from him, I shouted to them. Else your fate will be to enter Muddy Flats as well. Shocked, they pulled away as the demon smiled his friendly, welcoming grin. Go away, I shouted as he politely (laughs) walked back into his domain. I thought that God was loving, one shouted at me, distressed by the fate of the others as well as her own. Oh yes, I answered, God is love. If that were true, then we wouldn't be here, and they wouldn't be in there. You mustn't confuse what God is with what you are, I said calmly. It is not a matter of judgment, but of compatibility. You have chosen to be conscious malice. That is where you are compatible right now. Their anger was not dimming. I continued, you cannot serve greed and vanity during your lifetime and expect to ascend to the highest heaven upon your death. You have come to the place where you have been most comfortable. Eyes 
seething with rage. They knew that they had spent their lives oppressing others with their wealth, preserving their fine lineage, good standing, and youthful appearance. But they still did not get that there was something wrong with that. God is also merciful, I said, pausing a moment to gauge their reaction as their impatient glances spurned me to finish. God is merciful to those who love him. Do you love God? Irritated sighs filled the room. What does that mean, anyway? One of them said in a very disrespectful manner. Looking in upon the mud dwellers through a tiny portal, I continued, They too will have the opportunity to break their delusion. Their time here will reflect their inner desire to leave greed and vanity and try again. Some will remain for only a short while. Others may choose what seems like an eternity. The fact that you were able to avoid the temptation to enter muddy flats indicates you may be ready to take a higher step in a new incarnation. Self-righteous anger spewed from these individuals who still felt that they should be given higher privilege because of their status and standing during their lives. There was no remorse here. If it is God you wish to reside with, I told them, then it is God you must seek and serve. Displaying confusion, their eyes were lost. This is a place of selfishness. As you depart into your next life, drink of this water of life I give to you and seek to serve life itself. In this you will find a new path. Have a good journey. Waving my arms, they immediately began transport to the place where their new karmic journeys would begin. Only they could choose whether they would nurture that seed or return to muddy flats upon their next death. Ooh. Wow. It's pretty, in, pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little Halloween spookiness. Yes, a little bit right there. Um, <laughs> man. So these 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 planes of hell, um, you know. Again, Stuart Wilde he used to say he used to tell me there was nine planes of hell, and he would travel through them and fight these demons. And so, uh, I mean, why would anyone volunteer to go there, though? I mean, why? Why? Well, you know, it isn't um, a voluntary thing. It's oh. something you're called to do, and. Um, and it's not like, uh, so I would imagine for Stuart, because I don't, you know, I can't speak for him, right. but I can only <laughs> guess, you know. Yeah. But I would imagine that it was something similar. I remember when I was told that I was going to have to go train to do this, and I was very vehemently, ragingly angry. And, um, yeah, and it was too. literally one of these things. The Blessed Mother came to me and told me I was going to begin my training for this. And I was terrified. I didn't want to do it. And I did everything I could to argue why I should not do it. And um, it's usually that you are called to do it and that it is something that you have been, it's something that your soul has been volunteered to do. And it's for the, it's literally for your own soul's benefit as well. You know, something that before you incarnated in this lifetime, it was something that you agreed to do because there's some type of service that you need to give 
and it's for uh, your own benefit as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because everything that we do, you know, everything that we do is also helping us, our own selves. You know, we creation continues to create. We are always giving back to creation that which creation gives to us. You know, so everything that has been given, you know, like in my own case, for instance, but also in Stuart's and, and the, you know, Kistigarba, the um, Buddhist monk and others like this, and, and even, you know, uh, Reverend John McGowan and others, in order to initially receive all the gifts that were given to me and the beautiful experiences that I've had over the years, which are so much more than, uh, you know, than the, the dark ones that I've had to go through, I have to be willing to give back to creation by serving, you know, because those who come to teach me are souls that are coming from higher spheres to teach someone in a lower realm, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm in a lower realm, and they have to come teach me, and so I have to then be willing to give back to creation what creation has given to me. And that is how the circle of life continues, that sacred hoop where we are always giving back what has been given to us, you see? So it seems like it doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense, you see? Yeah, yeah, it, it does make sense. Uh, so what does what does hell, what would it look like? What uh, I mean, a lot of people explain it as this big pile of flames and i i just don't imagine it that way and well it's that's why that it's so important to understand it is it's not one place it's uh-huh. it's all these different places you know there are icy cold hells there are fiery yeah, hells like Earth. there are hells that are <laughs> places that are simply the absence of god you know and yeah. that's their greatest torment is the absence Boy, of god it sounds like you just described dc <laughs> there you go oh boy we found one yeah <laughs> we found one of the hell okay <laughs> there you go oh wow <laughs> yeah i mean that was like perfect if i was going to describe that place <laughs> that's what i would have said so uh <laughs> oh man but you know that is you know there's so many different things because in the different hells you have you have manifestations of different um, vices or different issues, you know, that we may manifest in our lives. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, it's it's literally hundreds and hundreds of different types of scenarios. Now, you know, Stuart. Wild told you about nine different hells. Yeah. That mirrors Dante's Inferno, which is the nine levels of hell that Dante spoke of. And so it sounds like he's speaking of a similar, uh, you know, a similar formula to Dante. Uh, but what I've experienced is that it's it's more complex than even that. But you know, Dante's nine levels is is a very good model to start with you know because it yeah. goes into you know the the lowest level according to dante's is the level of the betrayers 
So I believe it, the 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 level one had to do with like some of the um, milder oh some of the milder sexual sins. <laughs> yeah, a lot um, of that and going then on. There's all these different levels in between, but the level of the betrayers was the lowest rung of hell. And and so, uh, I, I you know I often wonder. It seems like a lot of people when they're their first part of life when they're young, make a lot of mistakes, do a lot of things that when they get older they look back and can't believe they did them. You know, in some cases. And, right. And and so I mean, can we balance it out? I mean, you know, what happens when you're you're kind of fifty fifty? You know, what? Who decides We're where you like go? We're all like that. We're all <laughs> like that. And you know, this is how we balance it out. You know, let's look at the uh, the revelation of the divine mercy that was given to Saint Faustina in the 1930s, where Christ said that his greatest attribute, the greatest attribute of God, was his mercy and that he wanted the whole world to know that he wanted every soul to walk through the door of his mercy, and that his heart was clamoring and burning for souls to just let out his mercy upon. And, you know, God is a, is a God of mercy, and so God wants us to ask for his forgiveness, for his mercy, what I have experienced in these, in these hell realms is there's a difference between um, the, the mistakes that we make and unrepentant, obstinate types of things that people uh, do yeah. that are more serious. Um, and so I'm, I'm not sure if that's making sense is that making some sense yeah it does you know i i I'd often i would I, you know the question that comes up sometimes is why is it that some people like myself i mean i could never harm somebody to you know unless it was absolutely to defend myself or my family i mean i just i couldn't do it but then there's people out there who you know they love killing p things and killing people and um, you know, if if I was out in the woods and it was up to me to kill something to eat, I'd starve. I'd, I'd be, you know, uh, it's just how yeah. I am. But you know, and then there's people on like you know again Jeffrey Dahmer just to bring him up. I mean, there's guys like that who just have no problem killing people. And I wonder, you know, I had a guest once who said those people have no souls, and I think. Boy, I, well, I'd like to know what's controlling them. You know, uh, why why are they doing things like that? And you know, the mo majority of us would never dream of doing such things. So. Well, I mean, I can't really say for sure what was controlling Jeffrey Dahmer. I did see the recent film that was done yeah. on him, and it did seem to indicate that you know he was Possessed? involved in the occult and and yeah. uh, the you know, the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey, and he had a Satanic altar, and he was involved in drinking blood, the blood yeah. of his victims, and he was doing a lot of uh, Satanic activity. It was personal, he wasn't involved with a particular cult or organized type thing, but he was doing it um, individually. And um, yeah. so I think that that definitely contributed to his actions, but it was something um, probably, you know, more, there was more to it than that because 
I think that, uh, at least from the way it was portrayed in the film, you know, he started before even those practices started. And so there was just something there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, these, these evil influences, you know, we are all surrounded by, you know, the angelic and the demonic as, as, you know, people don't like that because they, uh, they're uncomfortable with the idea that these, these, old medieval ideas are actually real, but in the out-of-body travel state, you actually see that these demons and these angels do actually follow people around, you know, and so, you know, I'm sure that Jeffrey Dahmer had a, a quite a little, uh, you know, some, some demons whispering in his ears, you know, getting him going, you know, whether there was also some mental illness involved with his situation, I don't know, because that was just such a bizarre and extreme well, situation. The demons, if the demons are whispering in your ears, eventually that's going to lead to some mental illness. I mean, it's it, it would have to. You've got to start thinking, oh my God, I'm crazy, or, you know, I don't know. I, I If I started hearing voices like that, I you know, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, that would have to well, break your psyche. Well, the thing is, though, that people can actually have, you know, demonic um, intrusion, like in a situation like that, and maybe not even be aware of it. In his case, I think he might have been aware of it. Um, you know, there were cases like the son of Sam, who mm-hmm. claimed to be aware of hearing voices. You know, there have been other serial killers uh-huh. who have mentioned being aware of voices. Um, but there are situations where people uh, might uh, do things where they may not realize that they are listening to or accepting demonic guidance. You know what I mean? And they may think Um, that they're being spoken to by God or something. Who knows? Um, Well, that can actually happen. And this is part of the reason, you know, why purification is so important. Uh, One of the reasons because we have to learn discernment. Because if we don't understand how we're going to discern between um, good and evil, right and wrong, how do we know if the decisions and the judgments and the movements forward that we make are actually going in the right direction? Um, And, you know, part of what you see, because you mentioned earlier about how a lot of this evil is just right out, right out in the open now and part of the reason for that is because discernment has been thrown out the window it's no longer okay to categorize things as good or evil or to even consider that discernment is something that should be considered necessary everything has to be okay and that's why evil is just all around because no longer is it acceptable in our society to even identify evil or to delineate between good and evil? It's, we're in the times where good is evil and evil is good. You know, you remember how it says that in the Bible? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at, you know, so that's what's happening. And, um, and um, so, you know, the process of discernment, things have gotten so confused because we have a whole generation that has not experienced what life was like before being bombarded with um, images that are uh, just really contaminated, violent, or just 
you know, really yeah. different. I, you know, I think you're probably at least about my age. I'm 57, right? Uh, I'm 51. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were growing up, right, um, we yeah. did not, we were not all plugged in. And, you know, right. we at least when I grew up, we lived in a world where we had three television networks, <laughs> uh, yes. things were yeah things were quieter uh you know there was it was a different world from what our children grew up with and so our children and our grandchildren are growing up in a very different reality they don't even have that they don't have that to remember what it was like before i remember and when so, uhf came on the air yeah yeah well and now what's normal is um that every everything everything is very violent um there is a lot of very mixed up messages and um if you try to make if you try to teach discernment now it's going to be a lot harder well, I think because experience. you have to really pull, you have to really pull it, at, pull them out. You have to pull somebody out of all that and into something more pure to uh, help them to actually even just begin the process of okay, where do you begin? Well, if things keep it, going the way they're going, they're not, they're going to be pulled out of that false reality they're in real quick. So you know they'll get a they'll get a taste of bad times. I mean, it seems like they're on the horizon. I hope not. Uh, but I mean, you know, things aren't the greatest right now uh, anywhere around the world, really. Uh, so we we could only hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I always say. Right. Well, you know, in um, in mysticism, there's the study of mystical theology, and mystical theology is the study of, you know, the interior soul. And this is where, you know, the purification path can really be uncovered. Um, And mystical theology is where a person can uh, really, uh, you know, learn discernment and learn to discern what is good and true from what is false and... and, um, something that should be set aside. Um, but in today's world, it's really hard to get people to be interested in that sort of thing, but yet that is what is actually necessary. All right. Well, Marilyn, we have come to the end here tonight. Uh, Halloween is almost over, and so is this show, but I want to I wanna give you one more time opportunity throughout the website and anything else that you want and I do want to thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been great, Mike. And um, outofbodytravel.org. Remember, all our books and films and everything else is downloadable for free. We have a lot of classes as well. So check it all out um, and take a deep dive into out of body travel. You will not regret it. It will change your life. It really is the key to everything and the key to why you're here. Don't waste any more time. Don't waste another day. You can do it right now. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, you keep spreading the good word, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Thank you. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Yes, and happy Halloween to you. 
<laughs> you too. All right. Good night now. <laughs> All right, folks, there goes Marilyn Hughes. And again, the website, <clears throat> excuse me, www.outofbodytravel.org. Um, boy, uh, just a really, really good conversation tonight. And uh, I-, I love talking about this stuff, don't you? Well, you must because you're listening. And, uh, well, I guess I got a few minutes just to plug a few things here. So I'll do that, folks. I. I hope that you will all join me again next week, right here, Monday night. Who do I have? That's a good question. Uh, Let me see if I can look really quick. I have Jacqueline Smith. Um, And we're going to be getting into some more paranormal-type conversation so that should be a lot of fun that's next monday i've got some i got some really good stuff coming up um i got a minute i guess i could go through just a little bit of it you know i have on the 14th james mccanny uh he's going to be joining me i've got well i've got i've got i got a lot of stuff. I've been, i'm thinking about putting a page up with the month's worth of guests but i don't know I, I kind of like doing it weekly like I have been and, uh, you know, just letting you know through my newsletter. So I'll probably just stick to that. But, you know, you could find me um, uh, several places. Make sure you, you go check me out. Uh, I've got the uh, Last Frequency has the Twitter page, uh, Facebook page. We've got the um, MeWe. And so, uh, but the main main place the the mothership of all is the website that's where i really want you to sign up because when all hell if all hell one day should break loose and the information train should start really getting destroyed um you know the censorship on some of these social medias is incredible and the website is the one place that you can communicate with me and not be censored and so i appreciate you to go over there and sign up and again if you have it within your means by all means help out Uh, a few dollars here or there helps tremendously so i'd appreciate any help you can give that helps us fund the show and all and um yeah i guess tonight i had to reschedule her a couple times because i had that month period where i was trying and waiting on computers to come in the mail all kinds of stuff it was just insane and now i'm still chunking out the bills for it but uh, that's all right we'll get there so i haven't done this in a while top 10 countries uh listening to us this past month um well obviously united states uh, holds the title there, but uh, Canada, uh, United Kingdom, Australia, we got uh, the Philippines, uh, Thailand, Ireland, Netherlands, Germany, and how about Russia? Ooh, anyways. Uh, so uh, thank you to all of you, wherever it is you may be listening. I appreciate you tremendously. I ask that you keep your eyes posted to the sky because you never know what you might see. And keep your ears posted to this broadcast because you never know what you might learn. Have a great night, everybody. I will be back with you next week. Right here on the VARA Network. Good night, everybody.